Welcome to another episode of The Raven Narratives. I'm Sarah Severson. And I'm Tom Yoder. We are the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. The story you're about to hear was told by Debbie Higgs in June when the theme was broken. Debbie works at a health center, a local homeless shelter, and also teaches therapeutic yoga. Originally from the East Coast, she fell in love with the Southwest while getting a philosophy degree in Santa Fe. Along with storytelling, she loves hiking, camping, dancing, cooking, and reading tarot cards. Here's Debbie's story. I'm 21. I've landed in New York City after a whole summer of traveling from Santa Fe. Two months. Um, Went to college in Santa Fe. Really bohemian there. Thunderstorms every day in the summer. Um, And then I left on this beautiful road trip, spent the whole summer camping, partying, because I just turned 21, and finally landed in New York City, which has such a different energy, right? It's chaotic. There's millions of people, so many different languages being spoken on the streets. It's a miracle if you ever run into someone that you know. You just see people from every single walk of life, from the very bottom to the top of the top of the top. And it was a playground to me. Even the weird smells and the drippings out of the radiators and the danger because All of this was a portal to me, to this big adventure that I was about to have, Um, Africa. I'd been accepted to a Peace Corps assignment in Sub-Saharan Africa. Spent my whole senior year of college applying to that. And in my mind, I was just swimming and drunk with images of myself, riding a bicycle through the jungle, living in a hut, learning some language and just pushing myself to the brink of adventure, the biggest adventure I could pack into my little life. That's what I was about to have. So I would only be in New York City for maybe six weeks, and then I'd be on a plane. Goodbye, everyone. I'm going to do this on my own. But during that time in New York, I saw my grandfather who addressed with me his concern about my pain that I had in my feet, which to me was like, okay. I already passed my medical evaluation for the Peace Corps. I had to go to a bunch of doctor's appointments to get cleared for that. So I wasn't worried about it. But I did have this lasting pain in my feet that was unknown why. And he wanted me to get it checked out. So I um, agreed to go to this fancy surgeon. He paid for The surgeon's main gig was to fix ballerina's feet. So I show up one day to this office in Midtown Manhattan with big orange envelopes of x-rays I already had done. He throws them up on a screen and tells me, honey, there is no way that you're going to Africa. Maybe not ever. And he explained to me that I have an autoimmune condition called rheumatoid arthritis. And this had caused permanent and severe damage to the bones in my feet, irreversible. No surgery to fix this. And it can possibly cause lots of other symptoms, too. He's telling me nausea, um, fever, swelling, problems with your organs. Um, I was horrified. And the breath was stuck inside my body. 
I ended up walking out of that office with my x-rays in my hands back onto the concrete of Manhattan like, where do I go now? Back to the couch that I've been staying on in Brooklyn with this news that I'm completely broken. I felt confident. I felt like it was the beginning of my life. I felt beautiful. I felt strong. And now I'm feeling terrified and just lost and like this is over. Um, So I ended up having to spend about the next eight or nine months in New York without having any plan for what I was doing. I had to work some crappy jobs. I had to move off my friend's couch in Brooklyn and into an apartment in Washington Heights, which is on the very top of Manhattan with six strangers and I began to have a lot of other symptoms too. Uh, began to feel tired every day, could barely keep anything in my stomach. I was pale, I was cloudy headed, and I had no clue <laughs> what I was doing or when any of this would go away. And I started seeing so many doctors. I saw more doctors than people. And um, they were all telling me, you can't leave, you have to stay here, you have to get all these treatments, you have to go see this specialist and then this one and take this medicine. Um, So I did all of that. Um, Then in the evenings, mostly I would stay at home because I felt like crap. And in this apartment with my strangers, we, um, my roommate, in my room I had to share with this Korean woman who was a computer programmer, but she didn't have a job. She was $80,000 in debt looking for her first job as a programmer. So that was intense. I didn't have any space to myself, so I got a house-sitting gig down in Harlem, about 40 blocks below, and I would hang out there just to be alone in their basement full of instruments. It was mostly African instruments, because they were drummers, but they had two grand pianos, and my excuse for being there was to water these pianos. They had dehumidifiers inside of them, so I would just put a little bit of water inside these dehumidifiers every couple of days. And I would hang out down there. I felt too shitty to go out. Um, I bought myself a ukulele for 80 or 90 bucks, which felt like such a splurge. It freaked me out to spend that money. I didn't even buy a case or a tuner for it. So in their basement, I would use the piano to tune the ukulele, which took me forever. I wasn't very good at it. And I slowly, slowly taught myself to play this instrument. I'm not the most good with my hands. So um, it's a simple instrument, but it took me a while. And it, it was really getting back to the basics for me, remembering the fundamentals of music, things that I'd known as a child from singing. What are the notes, the chords, the musical notation? How do I piece these things together with some kind of rhythm to build it up into something? And I would hang out in this silent apartment. It was like I was in a parallel universe within New York because I knew that everyone outside was rushing on the subway, in and out of appointments, on their smartphone. And here I am, and all I can do is wait. I started to realize that healing And getting out of this situation, maybe it was possible for me, but it was something that would take time. So I took that time. Um, Eventually, 
I became determined that yes, I'm going to leave New York and I would find a way. Um, eventually I did that and I came to Durango, finally, now I'm here. And all of you know that this place is full of adventure around every single corner. It's full of sunshine, blue skies, rivers and mountains. I love the beauty here and I love the possibilities that I see for me. And last weekend, I spent the whole weekend hiking three or four days in a canyon, which at that time back then when I was 21 and I got this diagnosis, I honestly was afraid that I'd never be able to do again in my life. I didn't know what it would mean for me. Um, hiking down into this canyon, I wore my chacos. I ended up getting horrible blisters on my feet, the worst that I've ever seen all over the bottoms of my feet. And once I was down in there, I was there for three days. I was in a lot of pain, which put me into a weird place. It, it brought me back to all these feelings that I had about doubting my capabilities and just being stuck in, in pain. Um, and I felt like maybe I shouldn't be here. How am I going to climb out of this canyon? But I was also so glad to be there. It was beautiful. The canyon was full of fossils in every single rock. And it kind of looked like a bomb went off because there were rocks everywhere, all around, just rocks of all different sizes. And there's a little stream weaving its way through this canyon. We spent the whole weekend exploring there and wading in the water, just basking in the sun. So peaceful, so gorgeous and fun. So I spent a little bit of time while I was there contemplating how could it even be that I could be in so much pain and at the same time as that, be so grateful to be here and so happy. But most of the time, I just loved it and enjoyed myself and I hiked back out of that canyon and my blisters will heal. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Debbie, for telling that story. To pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives event, fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and share these stories with your friends. We want to send out a big thanks to our photographer extraordinaire, McCarson Tafoya of Red Scarf Shots. Please check out the portraits of our storytellers on the gallery page of the Raven Narratives website, and be sure to visit her website at redscarfshots.com. Our theme music was written, composed, and performed by Jazar, and you can find out more about his music on SoundCloud or at freemusicarchive.org. The Raven Narratives is a production of KSJD Radio in Cortez, Colorado. Find out more at ksjd.org. Hello, chicka, 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 chickens. Welcome to another episode of the Raven Narratives. Chicken. I'm Sarah Severson. Chicken Ray. We're having a special episode of the Chicken Narratives. Those are stories you're afraid to tell.
but you want to tell.